you know, I tried to say that, you know, feedback should not be given in a group. You know, compliments should be given in a group setting. Critique or, you know, criticism should be given one one on one. And, uh, you know, praise the heck, you know, and, and when somebody does something right in front of as many people as possible. But when you've got to give them some corrective uh, suggestion or critique, um, do that, do that in a in a one on one on one setting. This is the Mindfulness Experience podcast. My name is Keith Fiveson. On this podcast, I had the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Dave Shapiro, who's the Chief Operating Officer with Premier BPO. Premier BPO is a global communications outsourcer for sales and customer services support. Dave has spent over 30 years leading people in global organizations, helping them to be the best versions of themselves. And he's a mindful leader focused on empowerment and performance and has incredible success and experience. He's worked around the world. He's worked with people in the Philippines, South Africa, Australia, China, Pakistan, Panama, the UK, Canada, and of course, the United States. He understands the intricacies of communications, hiring quality, and helping people to be their best. Dave is highly knowledgeable and very likable. I had a fun time with him on the show. He knows the industry inside and out, and he's helped people find their personal best by teaching them how to be mindful so that they can live lives with intentionality, which creates an empowering environment for all people involved in the process. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, 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 we are here with Mr. Dave Shapiro. Dave, 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 what is happening? What is going on, Dave? Well, Keith, it's so great to hear you, see you, and uh, be uh, reconnected to you. Man, lots is going on. Lots is going on in the world, as you know. Lots is going on, uh, you know, that affects personal, professional. But, uh, man, I just got back from the Philippines and uh, hadn't been able to travel there in two and a half years because of COVID. And so it was great to just uh, get back and uh, you know meet and greet and be with uh, the people on my team there wow. so I hadn't seen him in two and a half years wow now so you you went to the Philippines Dave now people you know I I, I do it I just did an introduction of you but I want to I want people to understand that you know you are a guy that I know for like decades I know you for a long time I'm familiar with who you are and what you're all about and you have always been someone in my mind who is about empowerment who is using customer service and and customer care, and you know you're, you're involved in this industry. So tell 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 us a little bit about how many people you have in the organization. What are you doing, and how do you get you know people to go ahead and really care about other people? So uh, wow, Keith, you said a couple of different yeah. things there, but just matter of fact, can we unpack that? Yes. <laughs> matter of factually you know our organization is is a small organization mm-hmm. um you know we're, we're about 1200 people um in in total um as an organization um but uh yes i'm very much a believer in uh in empowering people and letting people uh gain uh respect and uh gain uh, uh you know satisfaction in their job by having mm-hmm. them be not a robot but being a decision maker mm-hmm. at you know multi-tier 
leaders down um, and giving them the power to do that and being, you know, giving them power to, to thrive and also allowing them to, to make mistakes. Um, and you have to be able to put up or live with people's mistakes if you're going to empower them and not, you know, so that they're not afraid to make decisions if you come down on a mistake. But you, you know, twisting that to your, the next part of your question is how, you know, how do you get people to be engaged in customer care? So try and tying the those two things together because they were both in your 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 question there. Right. I think that if people uh, are not just robots following a script, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. uh, then they really are just doing a transaction and they're not really engaged in providing customer mm -hmm. care. But mm -hmm. if they're empowered to truly help somebody, mm -hmm. then they get satisfaction and they get a thrill and they get enjoyment out of helping. And, and it becomes self-fulfilling that mm -hmm. if they really have the power to help somebody, they're, mm -hmm. they, 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 they're somehow unleashed and they feel better about it because they can make a difference um, mm -hmm. as opposed to just robotically following a script, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. So basically, you know, one of the things we talk about, uh, I talk about is uh, leadership performance and the whole idea of uh, giving individuals the capability to be empowered, be inside themselves and be powerful uh, presence, be a powerful presence with other people recognize. And nowadays we've got so much trauma going on in society and, you know, customer care is a tough area because people are calling up and they generally, you know, in the age of self service, people call up when they've got a problem, but they really have a problem that they're trying to fix. So do you, do you teach or train or does your organization teach or train people in the front line, how to deal with very difficult people? We try to, um, <laughs> and it, it's, it's a uh, interesting question in our business. Is it something that's trainable? I say mm -hmm. partially yes, but it, or is it something that's also you're born with? I think partially yes, but is also something that you were taught by your mother and father. Not about you weren't taught anything about working in a BPO space or call mm -hmm. center or customer mm -hmm. service by your mother and father, but were you brought up? to be somebody who uh, you know, is good at listening and uh, treating people like they would want to be treated. And, and so I think the answer is a little bit of all three. Uh, mm. So we try and we try and recruit for the right person, I guess is what I'm saying. And part of that, you know, recruiting for the right person is it's in their DNA or in fairness, you know, uh, somebody who was taught the right thing by their, by their uh, parents. But yes, mm. we can help augment that and give mm -hmm. people who are do have the right uh, uh, mentality. We can help give them, you know, skill sets to or, and tools to help perhaps diffuse anger or you know how to how to uh, you know assist people um, in in, uh, in in better ways. But mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it's 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 a question of is it something that's taught or something that's inbred? And I, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, but you know, your I mean, let's let's be honest, your your area of uh, customer care, you know, I mean, it's just for so many people it's just a thankless job. You know, workplace stress is up. I think uh, you know, we've got now the great disengagement or the, you know, 50% voluntary uh, turnover, stressed out leaders impact performance. You know, and and it's so hard to recruit new people and bring new people in. The cost of that is so expensive and the training so expensive. So how do you manage, you know, how do you really start to empower your leadership so that you can really, you know, help the individuals themselves do the job if they haven't been trained at home or they haven't come there and they 
you know, they're just stressed out. They, they, they don't know how to regulate themselves, self-regulate, right? So again, you packed a couple things into that, Keith. So I'm smiling as you, as, as you said <laughs> that. A uh, couple of questions. So, you know, how do you empower the leadership? I, I, I guess first I've got to practice what I preach. I've got to be mm-hmm. a good role model. I've got to empower my direct reports of my leaders and mm-hmm. and allow them to uh, do things you mm-hmm. know, positively for the organization. But when they do make a mistake or do something I w- wouldn't have done, mm-hmm. uh, have to let them run with it um, so that then they remodel it to the people below them and to people below them. So, mm. um, you know, it has to be a continually professed mm-hmm. uh, belief of the company, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to uh, empower. We just mm-hmm. rolled out in our company, coincidentally for this conversation, mm-hmm. a set of, uh, you know, missions, uh, visions, uh, mm-hmm. culture right. statement. And, uh, you know, we of course did our the normal thing that everybody does. You know, we put it on a PowerPoint, we presented it. You know, all that. But but, you know, uh, it, mm. it 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 will be all hollow if we don't live it. And that's what right. I you know, kind of preach to um, some of our leaders is that you you not only have to model this yourself, but when you see it not mm-hmm. being modeled by somebody else on your team mm-hmm. or a colleague, a peer, or whatever, we have to call it out when right. we see culture or we see a, um, something that goes against what we believe, even though we've got it on our PowerPoint, mm-hmm. who cares about our PowerPoint if we put up with it not being modeled um, in, in our organization, if, if that makes right, sense. Right, right. No, it makes total sense. There's a, you know, there's a saying that, uh, you know, mindfulness-based leadership is about the state of being fully present, aware of yourself, sensitive to others' reactions to stressful situations, and also being effective in understanding and relating to others and helping to motivate them towards shared goals. So you've done a lot of that. You not only put out the PowerPoint, but you are there and you live it. So you help educate, you improve, and then you enhance those skills in the organization. How challenging is that? And how do you go about doing that in the organization? I mean, do you, obviously it's a one-on-one thing, but is there a sort of a process that you bring people through when you onboard them and you you know, before you put them on the phone or regularly coach them or how does that work? Um, so, yes, it is a challenge, Keith. And, and you know, we're talking about a topic that's near and dear to my heart. But mm. by no means do I profess that I personally am perfect at it or that our organization is perfect mm-hmm. at it. I'm constantly seeing areas and examples within our organization where we're where we're not living it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so and, and I, I'm not proud of that and, and I get embarrassed by it. But to answer your question, so to me, those are the opportunities when I do see it mm-hmm. and I can call it out and say, that's not what we want to be. That's not who we are. Mm-hmm. Those are the better learning experiences that help show other people, I believe, you know, and really put it in words mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and, and living the examples about how we can then relay it to to other people. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. you're asking about the people on the phones and the front line for as, as we bring them in. And of mm-hmm. course, they're the most important people in our company because they're the ones representing us to our to our brands and the consumers we serve. However, in this case, and I put a huge emphasis on who they are, I, I'll keep coming back to it's the management, the middle management that has to get the culture more so than mm-hmm. the agents because it can't stop be, uh, from bottom up. It has to come from top right. down. If they don't see their management living uh, living this uh, uh, kind of culture and mindfulness, then they won't themselves. So it has to be, um, uh, you know, from multiple layers down. Right, right, right. Well, you know, there's a, a wonderful slide that I've got that really talks about improving performance as a top-down, bottom-up 
um, you know, uh, effort. So within the organization, you know, you're providing the aspirational goals, the vision, the wisdom, the foresight, and really helping uh, people from the bottom up to regulate, to be more aware, to bring attention, to go ahead and adhere to those values so you have a collective organization. Um, one of the things that I uh, recently read, uh, you probably have seen it about positive management, positive leaders out of the Harvard Business Review was that they foster social connections, they show empathy, they go out of their way to help, and they encourage people to talk about their problems. Tell me, in your organization, how does that work uh, in terms of fostering social connections, showing empathy, going out of your way to help, and encouraging people to talk about their problems? Is there some somewhat of a dynamic there? Does that apply? Absolutely applies. And once again, you put a lot of things into that. It's interesting right. because I just came back from the Philippines, <laughs> as I said. And um, uh, I mean, I'm the COO of the organization. We also have a CEO, of course, as everybody does. And he's brand new uh, as, as well. He's he's three months old. Fortunately, we share a lot of cultural uh, beliefs and, and visions. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is mm -hmm. so because of COVID, we haven't been able to be there in the last mm. uh, uh, two years. And so we held an all company, not meeting, mm -hmm. an all company gathering. Okay. Mm, uh, and, you know, which is rare in our industry. I mean, usually maybe a Christmas party for some companies, but we held a you know, big, a big dinner for the entire company. And uh, back to what your point about fostering social connections. Mm -hmm. So we've uh, a lot of our teams have been working from home. A lot of the teams only work with their, with their own people on their own campaigns or their mm -hmm. own uh, client. And then a lot of them don't get to see each other, spend time with each other. This event, Keith, we, we hoped, we had high hopes for it, but I got to tell you, it was just Saturday night. It was so well received and the people so loved it. And the managers um, at our site there said, Dave, you don't know what you did. This is better than giving people a raise. And, mm. and that's a quote, quote unquote. Uh, of course, money matters. I understand that. But I mean, specifically related to your question about, you know, mm -hmm. social fostering social connections. You know, it was a four-hour event, and literally, uh, you know, we had people raving that you know we that we would take the time to do this, and, and of course, you know, we walked around the room and met everybody mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. tried to spend as much time as possible. But the specific answer to your question about you know, do, uh, have I seen social connections? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, as a way, you know, of course, attrition is a tough problem in in mm -hmm. this whole industry, and we like to think ours is lower than most, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, literally, I'm coming out of this event and our senior leaders, um, you know, uh, at our site in the Philippines were, were raving, telling me, Dave, this is this is better for our employee engagement than giving people raises. They felt mm -hmm. that strong about it, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. And let me ask you, is that so when you look at, you know, I know you've put together a, a, a sort of a, a, a thesis, a, a kind of a way of doing a practical approach to doing business uh and you know obviously you know the name of the podcast is the mindfulness experience so you're creating these wonderful mindfulness experiences that people will remember uh certainly for a long time but they're you know from a, a, a the viewpoint of uh leadership in the space like really managing 1200 people is you know it's still a pretty big organization from small businesses 1200 people as that's a lot of people so I'm just wondering from your view, when we start taking a look at leadership and we start taking a look at mindset around how to create, you know, a service-based culture as you've got, 
what are some of the things that you might, you know, kind of off the cuff uh, recommend that people look at, you know, from the bottom up or the top down? Well, first of all, Keith, I mean, I, I love that question. And mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, there's a cliche phrase and I feel bad that it's cliche because I really believe it, but I really believe in servant leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I really hope I try to uh, live it and I try and preach it for our others to be servant leadership, servant leaders. And you know, they have to understand that, you know, the, the people who have these fancy titles are uh, me meaningless if the people down below aren't, aren't doing everything that they need to and, and engage for your company. Mm -hmm. So to, the, the biggest answer to me is servant leadership and that uh, servant leadership has to be lived and modeled. Uh, coming back, not that not that this end all be all of this dinner that I was just at over the weekend, but when we were uh, a little example, we had a, a people, a long line of people were checking in for this dinner and it was taking too long. And some of my middle managers thought that I was getting frustrated because it was taking too long, which I was getting frustrated. But they were like, oh, Dave, go back, have a drink, relax. Don't worry, we'll take care of this. And I I took the exact opposite approach. I said, no, I'm not going to go back and sit down and wait. I'm going to come here and give me a chair, give me a table. I'll help check people in. Let's get this done. And the fact of me helping check people in, I think, was not the point that I checked anybody in but that I was willing to do it and roll up my hands. And then everybody who checked in got to meet me and, you know, say hello. And, uh, you know, not, not, not that it's any big deal to meet me, but just uh, a silly, silly little example to your question about, you know, what demonstrating what service, servant leadership is. So having servant leadership, you provided the capability to show that you were right there. You help influence people in that way. And you actually showed them that you know, you're not above it. You're really a part of the team and a part of the crew, if you will. So um, when we start looking at organizations and, you, you know, this the, the ability to have this kind of leadership, you're saying certainly influencing, getting in there, being a part of the crew is a part of the process of leadership. What Where does the active listening come in or positive feedback or uh, corrective feedback or coaching? How does that how does that really blend into the kind of things that you're doing you know, so, organizationally? Uh, again, a lot, a lot packed in there. So yeah, yeah. Are, I, I mean, I have more. I can pack in a little bit more. I, I, if you I, want to get into meeting processes, uh, or no, no. I, I, or... I love what you said about <laughs> activity because I'm. I love what you said about active listening because I'm preaching that all the time. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's a cliche. You probably have heard this many times, Keith. You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Oh yeah. Because you're twice. You're supposed to do twice as much listening um as as you do talking uh too many times people feel that okay in order to to show how valuable they are how important they are they've got to jump in and say something they've got to say something but they really didn't listen to the person that they were talking to or what was being happening in the meeting and uh so they what they say then doesn't become as valued because it doesn't fit. It's mm -hmm. not appropriate. It's mm -hmm. not tailored. It's not customized. It's not really relevant because mm -hmm. they didn't do enough listening first. And I'm constantly trying to trying to preach that. I and you know, talking about you know uh, uh, calling out when something doesn't fit the right culture. Mm -hmm. I think it relates. I mean, you when you talk about active listening and you know truly empathetically listening. Too many times people are multitasking in a meeting. They're in a meeting mm -hmm. and they're texting. They're in a meeting. Mm -hmm. They're checking their emails. They're in a meeting. They're they're on a Zoom call and they're mm -hmm. you know uh, uh, doing something else on the side. And there's no way that you can be multitasking and truly be engaged and listening. Right. I totally agree with that. Yeah. You can't provide value. 
So mm-hmm. I, I, when I see mm-hmm. it on my team, I right. try my best to call it out and say, hey, stop. If, you, if you've got something more important to do, this, this sounds nasty and I don't mean it harsh, but if you've got something else to do, go do that. Uh, don't do this. I mean, don't do both. Right. And uh, I've been on a meeting when, uh, and I, I'm up, embarrassed to admit this in our organization, but I've been on a, you know, on a Zoom meeting while I receive an email mm-hmm. from somebody else on the, on the call mm-hmm. who's sending me an email about a different topic. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? I mean, we're, we're on this call right now. Yeah, right. You're sending an email about another topic, right. which means you're not really <laughs> paying attention to this topic. Right. Um, right. So, um, and actually, I really appreciate talking to you about this, Keith, because I've called it out, but mm-hmm. this is such a frustrating topic to me. I think I'm going to be stronger about it now that I'm talking to you about it. Not only am I going to say stop, I think I'm actually going to ask people to leave. Well, we have well, we have meeting. Uh, the thing that I really like is the whole idea of meeting processes. So you, so you know, every every time that we look at starting a meeting is to really have a moment of just silence, breathing, just really, what do I want to bring into the meeting? What do I intend? And how will I focus in on the meeting, not on anything else? being here right now, present, and how can I contribute and how can I receive, right? So you've got that as a meeting process. That's not something that's practiced everywhere, but I think more and more organizations are practicing it because they realize that you know time is our only commodity. There is nothing more that we've got than time, right? right. And, and most times that people just sort of squander it and try to do everything at one time when they're not being present, as you point out, someone actually sent you an email while they were in the meeting and they- Oh, actually Keith, I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm smiling because it's uh-huh. happened more than you. It's not 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 just someone did uh-huh. it once. It's happened right. multiple times and, and, and it's on my team. So I'm embarrassed about it, but mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of, so, so there is in this process of what you do. I mean, it's not all, as you say, uh, you know, uh, having parties and and then you know taking the role of you know checking people in there is this idea of having the meeting process having some corrective feedback how do you how do you really deal with that challenge of corrective feedback the old story was you put it in a sandwich right you give them a compliment you put the 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 stuff that you got to say there and then you leave them feeling do you believe in that you leave them feeling right do you believe that that's the right approach do you have an approach to corrective feedback when you're working with folks? I, I, I do. Um, and uh, again, I'll preface that I, I won't say that I'm perked back at it. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's times when my, I, I lose my patience and that's inappropriate to me. But, you know, I try to say that, you know, feedback should not be given in a group. You know, mm-hmm. Compliments should be given in a group setting. Mm-hmm. Critique or, you know, criticism should be given one, one-on-one. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, praise the heck, you know, and, and when somebody does something right in front of as many people as possible, but mm-hmm. when you've got to give them some corrective uh, suggestion or critique, um, right. do that. Do that in a in a one on one on one setting. One on one setting, and and you know I like the German word for criticism, which is for besser, right? You know, it's to make to make better, to really say, you know, hey, you know, you're a great guy, uh, and you know you've been doing a, a a good job, but I'm just, you know, a little. I'm looking at this and I think you could do a little bit better in this area. I noticed that you blah, 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 whatever it is. Is that, is that, is that fair? Is that some of what you do? Uh, uh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, I, I, I try to uh, live that. I mean, you know, the question becomes when, uh, what I, that I still wrestle with mm-hmm. it, 
when you've done that and then you've done that a couple times, you know, then then you get to the situation with the with the person. Is it a skill issue or is it a will issue? And mm -hmm. I like to think that if it's a skill issue, we can work with anybody. Uh, but if it's a will issue, if we're butting heads on style and mm -hmm. your style is different than mine and, you know, ultimately maybe we're not a, mm -hmm. a, a great fit for each other. Um, if uh, if it's a will issue versus a skill issue. Got it. OK, so so there is a there is a whole idea of leadership, which is I'm the leader, you're not. And if you're you know, if you want to if you want to row in the direction that I'm taking the boat, right, you know, the vision and the aspiration in terms of where we're going. I'd love to have you there, but otherwise, you know, hey, you know, you can jump off the boat, right? Well, <laughs> I, I, actually, you're making me feel bad if I came across that way because, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you don't fit our culture, yes, we're gonna, we're, we're, you might not be the right. right fit. But no, I don't want to say that I'm the leader. Row, row all my way. If somebody's got a different way of rowing and mm -hmm. can, and can present it, I want ideas. I don't want a bunch of yes people. Right. I, I don't want people who are afraid to challenge me. I, I and I'm trying to drill this home with our team all the time. I don't want people who are afraid to ask questions or even tell me that they disagree. Mm -hmm. I want healthy disagreement. I, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Um, I'm, I'm not. I rarely am. I'm never the smartest person in the room. But I but the challenge is to get people to bring out their smarts and feel comfortable in presenting ideas. Listen, I tell people all the time, give me your ideas. Disagree with me. I said, I, I promise you this. I promise you will receive an open minded audience, meaning me, and I will listen. I'm not promising you'll win every battle. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm promising that you'll be that I'll be receptive. You'll win some, you'll lose some, but we'll be better. But if you bring up your ideas, so mm -hmm. if you all say that, listen, Dave, we should stop rowing this way. We have a different paddle we just invented. We should go that mm -hmm. way. I go, huh? That's okay. Maybe we all get on board and do that, or maybe not. Maybe I'll listen and say I really did listen, but we shouldn't do it that way for this reason. But I promise you, I'll, you'll mm -hmm. listen, and the, I, the organization will grow and the individual will grow if we all believe that we can contribute with our ideas. Uh, not just doing as they're told. Great. So, you know, one of the things I've uh, admired about you over the years is that you really are a visionary. You've got a lot of, you know, you've got a, a, a vision of the way things go and you really know how to communicate. You're a great communicator and you're able, you're a wonderful storyteller and you're able to influence people. How do you create a performance culture? Is it using that 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 concept of bring the idea to me because you know obviously if there's a better paddle and we're going towards you know the horizon over there i'd like to make sure that we use it is it what what are your thoughts about creating a performance culture so i, I tell you what you said performance culture but i'm going to answer more on the question about how you know how do we cultivate ideas than mm -hmm. you as you just asked about Something that I'm really proud of, and I'm proud of it. This was not my idea. Mm -hmm. um, it was somebody else's or organization's idea. But we just are instituting, you're asking me at a perfect timing, we're introducing something called Pitch Fest. Mm. And it's brand new for our organization. And I think it's going to be probably unique for a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. and what Pitch Fest is, it's kind of like a, a shark tank uh, mm -hmm. where we promoted to our entire company every level it doesn't matter mm -hmm. your department your title you could be a frontline agent you could be the person who cleans the bathroom mm -hmm. literally anybody who works for our company is invited every single person is treated equally mm -hmm. to come and present to my to our strategy team myself and our ceo a, a three-minute idea that you mm -hmm. have for the company 
uh, could be how we could increase revenue, how we can improve employee engagement, how we can improve profitability, how can we improve for our clients? Doesn't matter. It's mm. it's a free form thing, and um, we you get three minutes to present your idea, mm -hmm. and um, you know. Uh, we were going to see, well, let's see, uh, and, and then we told I people. I love the idea. Straight. And, and you, you present the idea. And then <laughs> after, you know, we're going to pick a few key ones and then do a deeper dive and we'll help, you know, have a strategy team help flesh them out. So <laughs> Keith, we, I love the idea too, but who cares what I think and what you think? Well, what do the people think? So we would have been happy with, you know, well, maybe we'll get 10 or 20 registered registrants or, you know, <laughs> we'll, 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 will people or won't they participate? We didn't know. Keith, I'm not exaggerating. We just got our socks blown off, but 167 people registered. Wow. Wow. 167. We are floored. Now, get get we're doing this podcast a little early. Mm -hmm. Call me in two weeks and I'll let you know how many of them, you know, the ideas of what it was like and how many of them were, were good or well thought mm -hmm. out. But right now, we we are thrilled. And 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 and, uh, and admittedly a little overwhelmed, meaning because we have to hold up to our promise <laughs> of renewing all 167. 167. That's like 13 percent of the people, right? Yes. Oh, goodness, wow. Yes, that's amazing. Yes. It is amazing. We are stunned. We are, that's we are great. stunned. And uh, we now be now careful that, what you ask for. Yeah. Yes, we created a monster. We created a monster, but now we have to live up to it. That's great. And that, matter of fact, one of our strategy team meetings asked myself and the CEO, so wow, do you want us to preview them and boil it down for you? We said, no, we have to honor our commitment. We're going to listen to, we're going to have every single person present to us. Um, uh, and, you know, so we got to figure out how to logistically do this. But um, yeah, we have 167 people. So that's amazing. And, you know, if that doesn't help, profess what who cares what we say in a powerpoint that well we want your ideas no right. we're actually showing this and oh by the way somebody's gonna you know we've, we've got a first second prize third prize mm -hmm. award we're gonna give you know if it's implemented and that kind of thing mm -hmm. but uh right now and, and this is just happening as we speak meaning we've just gone through the internal promotion and, and saying here you know check out this pitch fest idea we branded it pitch fest and like i said 167 people have signed up that's amazing, Dave. That's absolutely amazing. So when we start taking a look at uh, a performance culture, you're you're going in there feet first and you're saying, hey, we want a performance culture. Come on to the you know, stage, pitch us your idea. Tell us what you uh, have in mind. And then what do you do with that afterwards? How, what's the what's is there a is there a guarantee or I mean, what do they get if the, I know on Shark Tank they get, you know, a pretty hefty investment. What are you guys? What are you guys giving? What's it? What's it? What's in it for me? Well, so uh, uh, yes, I'm smiling. Obviously, I, I don't think they're going to get as hefty an award as <laughs> that comes out of Shark Tank. But right. we're going to give something that uh, I think will be uh, very appreciated. You know, for uh, the the people that are in the geographies that where we employ people, and it's mm -hmm. it's going to be a, a pretty good cash amount. But more oh. important than that, what I hope they get is the esteem and prestige and the feel good that they're actually contributing to the company because they're going to see their idea implemented. And I also hope they see that we really are treating all people, you know, from every department. It's not just that I'm only taking ideas from our, you know, one down reports or, or two down reports. It, you know, uh, agent level and everybody's encouraged. And I think initially uh, agents might have been uh, nervous. Oh, well, they don't really want my idea, do they? And so, uh, 
then it, it kind of like snowballed. And uh, I think the trick is for us to make sure that we fulfill it and really do honor. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll internally, we'll, we'll brag about the idea that gets implemented and the people that, you know, that, that it came from. Mm -hmm. And so that, I, you know, I want people to feel that this is a place mm -hmm. that they can build their career. They're not mm -hmm. stuck on, you know, frontline phone agent. If, if they help cultivate this idea, um, you know, the, 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 there's a huge opportunity going forward for them. So uh, just so uh, before we leave that, just so I understand. So if my idea doesn't get accepted, I mean, it, it, will I get dejected and will I get upset and will I walk away with well, my tail between my legs or how is I, that? How is that? How are you going to handle that? I, I hope you're I hope you won't, Keith, but because you know, <laughs> we, we did tell people that, you know, there's going to be, you know, three uh, primary readers, but vice versa. You know, if somebody's got a great idea, but it's not as good as the first three, it's a four, five, six. No, we might implement that. We, we ad hoc. We may choose to reward that person, but we're, we're still going to tell people that you know maybe this is an idea that we should do in the future. Maybe this is an idea if we if we tweak it, it could be done differently. Um, you know, so it it's hopefully we'll give people feedback and they'll learn from doing this. Right. We've created an internal strategy team, which I'm also kind of proud of for a company our size. And what we're doing is everybody who's registered for the pitch fest to present their idea mm -hmm. has a strategy team at their disposal to help them coach them on mm -hmm. how to do a little research about their idea and how to best to present their idea mm. kind of like a coach for somebody before they go on the carts the shark tank stage so we're helping them with their career development and again this could be anybody it could be the security guard could be the janitor i mean anybody and so they have access to our strategy team to help coach them about uh how to you know flesh out their idea and best present their idea so they're hopefully they're learning some career skills in the process mm -hmm. so we're going to benefit from the idea hopefully but they're right. going to benefit from the going through it i love that and and then also they become part of a special sort of skunk works team they're identified and if you have other issues or other problems they could be brought in later on as a part of that triage, if you will, that special triage team that looks at how to solve problems. Absolutely, Keith. I, I love what you're saying because we're also selfishly we're looking at it. This is the way to identify talent. Mm -hmm. We might have some, uh, you know, invisible unsung person right now with great talent, but we don't know about it, um, and they're just sitting in a corner somewhere. And hopefully, this will flesh that out. Now we'll be able to identify that person. So to answer your question of a couple of minutes ago, maybe that person didn't win, but we we were still so impressed that we said, wow, we got to keep our eye on this person. And when we need something else, maybe we can call on this person or maybe we can give this person something or another opportunity because mm -hmm. it's a way of identifying mm -hmm. talent, not just picking their brains for their ideas. Right, right. Now, now I know, you know, we had started out talking about, uh, uh, you know, trauma, about how we've gone through COVID and how, you know, difficult the customer care, the customer's consumer affairs area is. How all of that is now i know you just came back from socap and you were talking about one of the things i noticed you were talking about all the great ideas that you got at socap uh, the society of consumer affairs professionals and i'm wondering from your viewpoint as we start to wrap the time that we've got together down what kind of things can you leave behind for people who are looking at performance in organizations or looking at managing teams and again i know there's a lot to unpack here i'm just wondering from your view if you were to leave people with some 
you know, like thoughts afterwards. And they say, you know, I don't know about everything else that Dave said, but I know that he left me with these sort of jewels, these little nuggets that I can take with me that I might be able to implement in my organization. Is there something that comes to mind for you? Well, a couple of things. So we talked earlier in the conversation about empowering people. And I'm loving your question now because you really can't empower people unless you share information with them. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I say is hopefully that someone would take out of this is, you know, in the old days and even current in a lot of companies, they keep so many things secret. So I can't empower performance from you, Keith, if you don't know why and if you don't have the information. So let's talk about profitability. Oh, Keith, you need to make some decisions to cut some cut some costs in your area. But I haven't shared all the costs with you and I haven't shared my gross margins and my information. So you're kind of in the blind. You're just robotically making some cuts. Meanwhile, if I had given you the information ahead of time, what, what is our goal? What's our margins? Mm. All the If I give you the same information that I'm looking at on my reports, then you can see ahead of time, oh, wow, we need to do this. Or maybe we can afford to do something a little extra here because we're doing better here and maybe we need to cut back over here. But if I, if I share, too many companies, I think, keep information mm -hmm. secret. And mm -hmm. who are they hurting? They're hurting themselves because their people then um, can't make informed decisions and yet they want empowered people, but mm -hmm. the people can't be mind readers. So without information, they can't make informed, empowered decisions, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. I love that. I love that. So, you know, uh, one of the things I talk about is the uh, organizational development. There's a model called the Teal model from Frederick Leroux. And, uh, you know, basically it's more of a flat organization help, helping everyone to really gain the wisdom and the foresight with insight, giving them the information and the knowledge so that everyone can have shared values in the organization and everyone can have the attention towards those values and towards that foresight if you will and be aware and breathe together so you've really kind of formulated that idea in the way you share information you bring everybody on you empower the organization you empower the people and you help them to shift their perspective by recognizing that you're not any better than any of them. You're actually in servant, you're a servant leader to them, and you're really, you know, helping them to develop themselves so that they can go ahead and develop a better world for themselves and everyone else. That 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 is the intent, uh, Keith. I think uh, we're a work in progress as everybody is. I mean, I don't think anybody's uh, perfected this, but I think part of the trick is to acknowledge that you need to keep getting better at it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so, uh, you know. So Dave, so Dave, let me let me let me stop you for a second. So, so tell me if people want to get a hold of you and start like you know like getting some more of that gray matter of yours. How do, how do they go about doing that? So Keith, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, yep. it's, it's Dave Shapiro at, at uh, uh, Premier BPO. I'm on LinkedIn. I'll be very receptive to any connections. Um, you know, you can put a, 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 I'm available. My, my email is dshapiro at premierbpo.com. And my, I'll give out my phone number. It's 248-797-1313. Um, and I'm very receptive to um, uh, having conversations with people like-minded and frankly, people not like-minded. Uh, if maybe we can both learn from each other. And Dave, you've got a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience. You've been in this industry for, I guess, uh, I know you for almost, should I say, uh, close to 30, 30 years? Is it almost 30 years, Dave? Is that possible? Oh my goodness, is that possible? Yeah, I think it is. 
Dave, uh, and and then you've been involved in various uh, at a, uh, various uh, configurations. So I want to thank you again, uh, Dave, for uh, taking the time to be on the show. Uh, and uh, is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Uh, any kind of quote, any kind of saying that uh, comes to mind? Keith, I just uh, want to thank you for, uh, uh, I mean, your, your series of podcasts. Um, I mean, I, I, I believe they're serving a great purpose uh, in the market as people, you know, looking at the mindfulness topic and I appreciate being on it. And uh, I don't know if I, in some very, very small way, helped somebody, one, of, one or two of your listeners, um, hopefully. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show with Dave Shapiro. I hope he gave you some ideas too on how to bring mindfulness into your organization to go ahead and empower communications teams and customers to have great experiences. I think that's essential. For more information about Dave and his company, search for Premier BPO. We have other exciting guests coming up on the future podcast, so Follow the podcast, connect, leave us a review, and suggest some topics. I'd love to hear from you. Connect with me on our social media platforms and visit my website at workmindfulness.com for more mindfulness experience moments. Thank you again. I hope to see you on the next show. Take care.